0: Hey, Christy. Hey, Edith. Did you know bees become indecisive after April? Yes, I do. They become May bees. <laughs> that was your joke. I have yeah, that one too, because it's a bug. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners in Colorado, and neighbors, and friends. These days, gardening is becoming very popular. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So, welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hello, Christy, sitting over there. Hi, Edith, sitting over there. We're still six feet apart, everybody, even though it's been sunny and absolutely beautiful this week. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, Edith, yes. it's no longer National Celery Month. Finally. That was Finally. a long <laughs> month for celery. <laughs> that was a, yeah, celery doesn't really deserve that much, do you think? Well, April is National Garden Month. I, I did not know that. It's also National Kid Gardening Month, which I think is cool. Who makes this stuff up, Christy? They do. Who's they? They. Okay. The, the, big, the big group of them. Big group of them. Okay. <laughs> How are you, Christy? Hanging in there. What do you want to talk about this week? Um, planting things. Seeds. Planting seeds and seedlings. Yes. How we do it. Really getting specific and detailed. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, because if you don't do it right, well, that could turn up to be a mistake. And in the garden, that often means dead plants. Learn from our mistakes, people. Yeah. Uh, And then next week, we're going to talk about container gardening. Yeah, because um, it's a delightful thing. Even if you don't have a backyard, you can grow stuff in containers. I grow stuff in containers, and I have a big backyard. I grow stuff in containers, too. It's a very recent development for me, but I do it. Hey, Edith, we got another five-star review on Apple Tunes. Oh, that's exciting. This is from Tom C. He says, it's 81 here today. I wonder where he is I wonder where he is. The farmers are planting corn now. Your show is getting me in a good yard mood. Oh, nice. I like that. In fact, I think I find a lot of people will be gardening while they listen to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm gardening while I do it. Have you noticed?
1: <laughs> yeah, you but the microphones
0: the microphones get so dirty and I know. Sometimes and this is kind of weird. Yeah. I'm l I'm gardening. Yeah. And I'm listening to our podcast. Oh, that is weird. That's oh, a- I did Christy. that to, I did that today and it was a little it was a little weird. I'll bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> Did you turn it up when my voice came on oh, and then yes, turn of it down when your voice, or did you do the opposite? I love your voice. Thank you very much. It's, it's so okay. sexy. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> and we're going to give a shout out to one of our garden party members. Yeah. Hello, Emma M. Emma, we love you. We're so appreciative of you being a patron, patron of the Upside Down Tulips podcast. And if you folks want to be like, Emma, you can also become a member of our garden party, yeah. a patron, a supporter by contributing a couple bucks a month. Yep, that's a curmudgeon right there. You don't need a fat wallet, you can have a skinny wallet. Two bucks a month. Curmudgeon level. We love you. Five dollars a month, you could be a lawn chair lettuce. Mm-hmm. Ten dollars mm-hmm. a month, you could be a deadheader. There you go. Okay, so, so what else is new? I think we have new merch. Oh, this is exciting. This is. Go ahead. Tell everybody. So we opened our our merchandise store a couple months ago, which has our Upside Down Tulips logo on it, which looks really great on t-shirts and And manly, mugs. but it, it's very manly. Not everybody might think, but it's really manly. The our Upside Down Tulip. Our new one. The old one is too, but the new one is absolutely macho. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone from kind of manly to macho. Okay. Well... We have, now we have new, a new design we're just put up and it says, when in doubt, mulch it. (laughs) See? Macho. I love that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like to mulch and if you have enjoyed our mulch it commercials Uh and and little sketches that we do in our podcast, you would like to check out to see if you want to get a t-shirt or a mug or a tote or a sticker, a mask, a onesie. You can get all those things, and it doesn't even have to have the color pink on it or lavender because mulch it has darker colors. That's it looks great. That's why it's macho. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's really cool. Just go to our website at UpsideDownTulips.com or uh, look below in the show notes because that's where you can find out how to become a Garden Party member, or there's also a link there to our merch store. Yes. We tell you everything and leave you links. We're <laughs> known for that. right. <laughs> that's right. All right. Maybe talk about what happened in your garden this week now that the snow is gone. Yes. I can tell you what's happening in my garden, Edith, is it's either in it survived, it died, or help, it's taking over. Oh. So this is what I found out as I'm going through my spring cleanup on what survived. Okay. The lilac bush that I planted in the fall. Oh, how big? Was it a little guy? Little guy. Still a little guy, but it's alive. Nice. Okay. My foxglove came back. I also planted last year some chocolate mint and some orange mint. Mm-hmm. And, Saint's alive. It survived. Oh, it's very hard not to... It's You know, mint will do anything to survive. And folks, if you've never had these flavored mints... They smell like heaven. They actually smell like chocolate. They smell like orange. They're great in mojitos. They're fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. You don't even need dessert. Just go lay face down in your (laughs) mint. Also what survived, and I hate to tell you this, Edith. What? My rosemary. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Sorry. And I am going to go and harvest spinach tomorrow because I had so much spinach over winter. Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's really nice. In the category of, I tried and it died. Yeah. You know, in medical shows when somebody is like pumping on somebody's chest and and then the other people are saying, you know, doctor, it's over, it's yeah, over, you know? yeah. And then finally the doctor will take off their mask and then they'll look at their watch and they'll say, time of death. Yes. Time of death for my geraniums. Oh. April 1st. 6 o'clock oh, p.m. I'm sorry about that. And I'm not sorry that my geraniums, which are in my house, are flourishing. Oh, that was a huge mistake. Usually what I do, folks, is I will bring them up into my attic to overwinter. And this year, I put them in my garage. And we just yeah. had too many cold nights. And I thought I was there in time enough to cover them up. But yeah. it just did not work. So we both killed something, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, also, what died is I when I bought the chocolate mint and the orange mint, I yeah. bought a little chamomile plant, and I put that right by them. Yeah? And it, no, it didn't make it? I tried, and it died. Oh, Christy. So in the category of help, it's taking over. Uh-huh. So these are the things that you look around in the garden, and you realize, holy crap, What all, there are what used to be just a couple of these. Now there are hundreds of these. Okay, what? Mexican feather ornamental grass aha is all over my yard aha I've no idea what that is but it's I'm it's the sure. angel hair feather grass it oh, right, looks right, so right. pretty so pretty so pretty in the summer but I have way too much of it so I'm going to I'm going to be giving away a lot of that okay and also I you know in a perennial they say the first year it sleeps the second year it creeps and the third year it leaps Wow, I didn't know that. That's wonderful. So, 10 years ago, a friend gave me some beautiful ornamental orange poppies. These are these big ones, the big Mm -hmm. George O'Keefe ones. Mm -hmm. Well, for the first four years, it slept. Really? And then the next four years, it crept. Yeah. And it sure leapt this year. There's one part of my garden where I just see it everywhere, all the poppies coming up. So pretty. It's going to be stunning, but I think it's going to be too much in that place. Well, if you can, if you can dig them out and transplant them to my yard, I would appreciate it. I can't seem to grow them at all. Let's try it. Uh, you know, poppies don't like to be moved. They no. have that long tap root. So we'll keep our fingers crossed because the worst thing that could happen is that maybe it just sleeps in your yard for 10 years and then one day it just explodes. <laughs> oh, good. By that time, I'll be dead. That is really good. <laughs> good news. And I, you asked me about those peonies you gave me last year, Edith. Yeah, yeah. The jury's out. I don't think it's, I think it's too early for peonies to come up right now. It is. It is. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I went to, I, I I know for sure where I planted one of them. Mm-hmm. I planted another of them somewhere in the yard. I have no idea where it is. I kind of forgot. So <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll find out. So that's kind of happened. Oh, I have one other thing to tell you, which is, um, so last week we were talking about my soil test that I was doing Yeah. and how um, I discovered that I was had good pH, but, and I was very low in nitrogen, yeah, and something called potash. Potash, and I called it potash. I think you called it potash. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked it up. You can call it potash. You can call it potash. <laughs> you can call it potash. Okay, in Canada, so all of them are fine. And oh, good that the name derives from. In the olden days, people would use wood ash soaked in water in a pot. And that's how they would primarily put in potassium or the number K in their gardens. And so the term potassium is derived from potash. And people and plants need potassium. It's essential for water intake and for synthesizing plant sugars for use in food. So it's crucial here in Denver, Colorado because we have such alkaline soil. Yeah, good. Solution? What is the solution? Compost. There you go. Oh oh I have a question. Yeah. Um You said something about the number K. Uh huh. Did you mean the letter K? Like the chemical symbol, is that what you meant for potassium? Ah, yes. Oh, so very wise. One, two, three, four, K, five. Yes, yes. Do you see how I listen? I'm a listener. The letter K. I'm not just a giver, I'm a listener. This episode is brought to you by the letter K. (laughs) Or as Christy would have it, the number K. The number K. Number K. Okay, well, you had a nice week in the garden. You were assessing things. I was, uh, there was assessing. a lot of assessing. That's a really good way to say it. How about you? Were you assessing or were you No, in there? I was working my butt off. Okay, some couple of exciting things. For the first time in my life, I grew something in the winter sewing jugs. Christy, the cauliflower and broccoli are both up. I can't get over it. That is exciting. It's so exciting. So you won't have to harden them off? Nope, they'll be right out there. All and ready I'm to go. i get your help. In fact, we'll talk about it later this episode, about what do I do when they get big enough. You bet. Um, The next thing I found out that, remember I said I think Marvel of the Four Seasons lettuce is back. If it isn't a weed, not a weed. It's already self-sown over a nice area. Free food. Free food. Going to have lettuce in probably 30 days. I have a small plot, probably maybe 7 by 8. The Bokashi experiment, Uh huh. I dug seven holes and I emptied my Bokashi in those holes. I'm going to plant there in about a month. So I, I wanted to give it some time to kind of assimilate. And also, I think it'll attract worms. So folks, this Bokashi experiment is a type of composting uh-huh. that Edith did with, with spent beer grains yep. and... The type of kitchen scraps you normally wouldn't put in a regular compost pile. I, I went through it, Christy. I could not find that entire chicken breast with the bone in it. Uh-huh. Gone. That's weird. That is weird. And it's a, just little, weird. a little creepy. It's a little creepy. Because what? like, what if... Okay, what, don't, don't go there. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. We're not even going... I'm going to go on to nice things like what I planted that wasn't a corpse. Okay. Um, Okay, so I planted radish, peas, spinach, buttercrunch lettuce, beets, and yellow and red onions. I planted all those by seed outside. I gotta get on that. Oh, I oh I gotta get on that. Good job, Edith. Edith. The seedlings that I planted a week ago. Here's what's up: kale, leek, red romaine, and marvel lettuce. Mm. All up in my little tiny pots. So I think I had a great great week in the garden. Spring is so amazing. It is. It just lifts your spirits. You know, it's wonderful. Well, folks, if you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with, or you want a good laugh, we have a really good explanation of Bokashi on our Upside Down Dictionary yep. on our website. Yep. Just click on the link in the show notes. It's not hard. Go there. It's not difficult. Just go there. Look at the dictionary. So many definitions. So many laughs. If you want to see pictures of our gardens, inspirations, garden jokes, visit us on Facebook, Instagram. And Pinterest. Mm-hmm. We also have blogs you can check out mm-hmm. on our website. We have got Spotify, Ratify, we Modify. <laughs> we have all those things. <laughs> Don't we, Christy? And we have a YouTube channel. Edith. And we have a YouTube. <laughs> and a you boob. We have everything. And you can sign up for our newsletter for updates, jokes, and funny guard signs. Yeah, that's a good. it's a good newsletter. It really is, ladies and gentlemen. It is a good newsletter. Okay, farmers. Thank you. The following is a public service announcement from Upside Down Tulips. I ordered the new Upside Down Tulips t-shirt. When I opened it, the t-shirt said mulch it. So I did, I mulched it. Then I ordered the new Upside Down Tulips notebook. Right on the cover it said mulch it. So I mulched that. Now, I just got my new Upside Down Tulips coffee mug And look, right here it says, when in doubt, mulch it. Since I don't know if I want coffee or tea, the directions seem pretty clear. People, don't mulch your merch. Wear it, journal it, tote it or sip it. Do not mulch it. This has been a public service announcement from Upside Down Tulips. New Mulch It merch. Now available at UpsideDownTulips.com. We're back. Hello. We're back. And we're talking about how to plant. Yes. How to plant seeds first. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about how to plant seedlings. And I have, I'm going to start by talking about seeds. I've got an outline in everything. So here we go. Okay. I'm excited. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, The first thing on my little outline here that I made is some things self-sew. Mm. Like I mentioned in the update, you know, my lettuce has self sown Also, cilantro will do it. My parsley does it. And if you ever leave a tomato in the ground or you leave a zucchini, they can actually self-sew. I've had tomatoes th- that I did not plant. Me too. Right? They never do much. No, they don't. Well, wait a minute. So when I take care of them, they kind of do. Oh, that's one a One year I had an amazing one, a cherry tomato. The big ones, no, not so much. Mm. hmm So if that happens, lucky you. I love that. There are also self-sowing flowers. At least there are um, that the, in my yard. Me so, too. So let me say mine, and then you can say yours. Okay. Okay? Morning Glory, Sunflowers, Columbine, Larkspur spreading everywhere. And marigold are the oh, ones of Oh, of course, marigold. Yeah. Cosmos will also self sow for me. Oh, good, good, good. Oh gosh, I hope mine do. Calendula, pot marigold. Oh now I'd love to have that happen. Okay. All right. So those things self-sew. So just, and we're saying that so that if you're a beginning gardener or a second year gardener and you had them there last year, it might not be a weed. It's real hard to tell mm. when they're so teeny tiny. Yes. If Is it a weed or is it a vegetable or flower? The more experience you get and the more trips around the sun you get when you garden, you'll be able to know that's a weed and that's a cosmos. But even sometimes, like I really wasn't sure if it was a weed or like my lettuce. But now, a week later, it's a tiny bit bigger and I can tell. Okay. So... How you plant seeds depends upon the size of the seed. Mhm. There are some really tiny seeds like carrots, lettuce, poppies. Can you think of any more? Cabbage. Cabbage seeds. And these things, you kind of want to lay them down in the ground <laughs> and cover them with like a quarter inch of soil or I, less. Or less. Or nothing. Well, like cilantro Mm. needs the light. Oh, yes. That's true. I I just kind of toss a little tiny bit Mm -hmm. of dirt on top of it. But maybe I've been doing carrots wrong. Maybe I've been planting them too deep because I get some but not enough. I think that's a common mistake with seed planting. If it's it's in the ground or if you're doing it inside, Uh or you're winter sowing in milk jugs that people will bury them too deep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, of course, seeds figure things out. And, you know, they will usually, a lot of times it'll be okay. We're just kind of giving you some best practices so you can have the best germination. Right, right. The, the most harvest that mm. you can possibly get for all your work. Okay. Um, now, seeds that are slightly larger would be your radish, beet, spinach, kale. You plant them a little bit deeper. And again, we're talking about outside, or actually, like kale, I have planted that as in little pots. Therefore, like closer to a half inch of soil. And also, I'll say this before I go on further, every single time you plant, you have to water. Yes. Right away. You In seedlings, well, I'll let you cover the seedlings, but... Do not forget to water. And be careful when you water little seeds like that. Be real gentle with it when you're planting seeds. If they're just on top or they're just a half an inch Uh underground, you could wash them away. Don't do it with a garden hose. (laughs) Yeah, be gentle. Sometimes all you need to do when you water them is mist them. And actually, if you're doing it inside, watering from the bottom can work really well too. But if you're sowing seeds outside, Mm -hmm. be real careful Gentle, so you don't wash the seeds away. That's a very good point. And, you know, I mean, some of you may live in Wyoming where it's so windy. Did you know, Christy, people don't die in Wyoming? They just erode. <laughs> yes. Is that what happened to your carrot seeds from our first episode? Yeah. That's when you a, were... Yep. Yeah. Wind came along and took them everywhere, the whole neighborhood. Um, large, now, large seeds like pumpkin, squash, cucumber, melon, corn, peas, and beans... Plant them about an inch deep. And I have noticed this, especially with peas, because you plant them early. Mm. And here, it's cold one day and warm one day. So the ground moves. So sometimes I'll go out there, and my peas that have already sprouted are on top of the soil. Yeah. Because the soil has moved. That's happened to me, too. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point, Edith. So so put them down about an inch, and then whatever you do, tamp the soil lightly after planting. With the flat side of Mm -hmm. a hoe, or with your hand, like I like to do, gentle, but really gentle. Yeah, I've done this before with poppy seeds, Edith. That I um, I had a, I put all my poppy seeds down. Yeah, and I my hand was wet. Yeah. (laughs) So then I just just gently pat down my poppy seeds, Uh and I lifted my hand up, and it was just all covered with (laughs) all the seeds. That I had just planted. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, well, I threw some poppy seeds onto uh, the snow last week, like you suggested. So we'll see if they grow. That's where the snow plants it for you. That, yeah, so the Brings snow. Brings it plant down. It for me. Isn't that something? Now, when um, how do you keep seeds moist when you've exposed them to sunlight, like um, carrots, like the little ones that we just talked about, mm-hmm. that you plant really, really close to the top? There's a couple of things that you can do if it needs help. You can cover them lightly with plastic wrap. Oh, that's a good idea. Plastic domes. You can tuck them inside of clear plastic bags. That way they're still exposed. And that is for little pots, of course. Mm -hmm. They're still exposed to sunlight, but they will not dry out as quickly as if they were left to the elements. Another option for ones that you plant outside is you can put a thin layer of fine vermiculite. Oh, sure. Which holds the water uh, and yet it is porous enough to let the light shine through. This f- is finely ground horticultural vermiculite. Other types are not suitable, says my outline. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing you can do, you know what you could do? You could use burlap. You can use half an inch of loose grass clippings. Mm. You can use a light colored cotton sheet. You can use all of those things. But the minute you see the little sprouts, you take that off. Mm. This is just to keep it protected and kind of warm. I love that idea. Isn't that a great idea? Especially, especially it might be nice to protect things when it's really windy out too. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, Christy. Yes. What about seeds that are better with soaking? Y- yes, there are some. Yes, there are. I will I will sometimes soak my peas. Sometimes I do that too. I always soak my beets. Oh, do you? Always. I've never done that before. They're so hard. They're so, oh. so, so darn hard. I used to, how do you say, scarify them? Yes. Which means that you can take a nail file and file them so that you break the hard shell. But, um you can also other people do it with things like beans and corn i have not do you i've done it with my scarlet runner bean oh that's good to know cuz i'm planning that for the very first time what and mainly i'm just checking to make sure if the seeds are viable to see because i will collect the seeds every year from the previous year scarlet runner beans and some of the beans look really great some of the beans maybe look a little small and wrinkly yeah so i will soak them in a little water Put them in a wet paper towel yeah. by my sink and then keep it wet to find out if, they will, if any of the seeds are viable. And then if I see that they have broken through the shell, then I know which ones I can plant. How much time? A, few, a couple of days? Yeah, yeah. it kind of depends, but sometimes even a week. Okay, just keep them there and uh, see if they're Moist viable. Moist paper towel. You could also put them in the refrigerator in a bowl of water too, I think. That's a really good idea. I will also soak my cilantro seeds. Really, mm-hmm. I'm going to try that Because I love cilantro and I never have enough That's a really good idea You know, some gardeners recommend adding something acidic I don't mm. Do that, but they do it because So often seeds are fermenting In an animal's stomach oh. In the wild And then yeah. they poop them out And that would be good in our area Because we're so alkaline here Yeah, so they actually try to simulate The contents of an animal's gut <laughs> That's just interesting. Can you buy that? Like the how do vinegar? They? Oh, vinegar. Gotcha. Yeah, vinegar. Yeah, you vinegar can just, does just, everything. It does everything. 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 Um, or a tablespoon or so of coffee. Excellent. Coffee or vinegar. That's a really kind of a cool idea. How long to soak? Probably never more than a day, or less if you're going to plant them. Do not do this before a rain. If you know it's going to rain the next day. well, that's good. That's a good tip. Right? Because then they're going to drown. They're going to rot. You've soaked them for, you know, 12 hours and then the rain comes. It's too much. Too much. It's amazing how much you have to pay attention to the weather this time of year, isn't it? Thank goodness that I love weather. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I'm looking at my outline. I never have an outline. I feel so organized. I'm to the end of my outline. Edith, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done, Edith. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Upside Down Tulips is brought to you by House Plants. <sighs> Hi there. Hello. Isn't it spring? Yeah, I guess so. It says so on my calendar. So why aren't you out in the garden? Um, don't you see all this snow out there? Ah, kind of a bummer, huh? I'll say. Especially when all you want to do is get outside, clean up the flower beds, see what has survived the winter, get your hands in some soil, and plant some peas and pansies. Thanks for rubbing it in. Have you ever considered... House plants? House plants? A house plant is another part of your garden. Just inside. In your house. Huh. Isn't that a house plant over there? Where? Over there. In the corner. Oh. Why, yes, it is. I guess I forgot it. Looks like it could use some water. Why? Hello there, little one. You look thirsty. There. Well, that's much better. Let's move you over to this window. Oh, you like that, don't you? You need a name. How about Paula? Yeah. You look like a Paula. Paula, the pothos plant. And you know what? You need a new pot and some fresh soil and some fertilizer. You look hungry. I'll be right back, Paula. I am going to the potting shed to get a few things house plants, your other garden. Inside your house. House plants. Try one today. I'm back, Paula. Say, who the heck was I just talking to? Over here. I'm the ficus in the foyer. Christy? Yes. Do you remember when you talked about the Million Gardens movement? Yes. I looked into that a little bit. Do you know that the founder of that is Elon Musk's brother, Kimball? i did not isn't that interesting so one of them is shooting stuff into space and exploding them uh-huh. and the other is providing a million gardens so people can eat better wow their parents must be so proud so when your little seeds sprout yes the first little leaves that break the surface are called cotyledons and they're the first leaves they are not considered to be true leaves. They're like baby teeth, cuddly duns. Mm-hmm. The second pair of leaves that appear are the first true leaves. So now there's four leaves on the seedling, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Okay. And this is important because this is about the time you would consider feeding your garden vegetables or flowers once you see the first set of true leaves. And this is also the time you may want to consider planting seedlings Mm -hmm. once it has its first or second set of true leaves this is all so what we're talking about when we talk about planting seedlings is it could be as tiny as that or it could even be the little plant that you get at the nursery and you see hey look at this little tomato plant look at this little daisy they're small and you want to plant them in the ground at your house now In theory, you could just grab it, dig a hole, and shove it in, and the little plant may be okay. But we're talking about best practices to help increase the success so that your little new plant doesn't die and then it really flourishes. Yes. Very good. Yes, we are. Um, Well, one thing when you buy a little plant— from the store to consider is that many plants we bring home from the nursery have been growing in that same little pot for months. Mm -hmm. And they may look fine on top, but when you slide the plant out of its container, the roots are circling in a tangled nest. Yeah. When I first started gardening, I had, didn't know what to do. I just would take that plant and stick it in a hole. That's not a good idea, folks. We found, I found that out too. What's important to do is to loosen the roots before you plant it in the ground. It's also known as teasing or Uh tickling the roots, which is kind of fun. So this will help the roots spread out in all directions. So they'll branch out into the soil and form a good foundation for the plant. Christy, you know, I used to think when I first started gardening that if the root met the sun without a pot around it, that like a vampire, it would sizzle and die immediately. <laughs> I really, really thought that. So I would just stick the whole plant in without ever touching the root. That was wrong. That's why Tease a lot of it, them died. tickle it, loosen those mm-hmm. roots out. This is a good planting technique for all plants, but it's crucial if the plants are pot-bound, if you yeah. see that circle of roots. If you place a pot-bound plant into the ground or into another pot, without first loosening up all the balled-up roots, they will just continue to grow in a circle Mm -hmm. rather than reaching out into the soil and anchoring the plant. And it may seem harsh to do to your plant, but you're actually helping it by roughing it up, the root ball. And in extreme cases of root-bound plants, you need to slice through the root ball with a sharp knife or pruners and do it in several spots along the root ball to encourage new growth in all directions. And it may seem harsh, but the plant will send out new feeders, and it'll recover. I was told once by a guy who has a nursery that if you pull the little seedling out and the the roots are really long, some are round and some are really long, just take a scissors and snip off the bottom of it. Yes. Sim- the, just snip off the whole bottom of that plant, Not not hurting it at all. They'll wither and die if you don't. And be careful when you pop them out of the pot too. Um, those little plastic pots. I usually give them a little squeeze so they'll come mm, out me a little too, easier. Because mm-hmm. you could also be in danger of actually ripping the top of the plant off. Yes, never, never pull. Squeeze the sides, then turn it upside mm-hmm. down and let gravity help you. Gravity's S- our friend. It is our friend. Well, not always, but sure. sure it's, it's not is. just a good idea, Edith. <laughs> it's the law. There you go. Squeeze <laughs> upside down. Pull. Not on the plant. Pull on the pot. Yes, yes. Good job. Sometimes people will get confused about the depth of which to plant your little seedlings. Yeah. So this is a little something you got at the nursery or this is something you grew inside. People can get confused about do you how deep do you plant it? Mm-hmm. And the best practice is, is that you dig a hole deep enough to hold the plant at the same depth in the pot. Not higher up, not Lower, Mm -hmm. the exact same level. If you plant it too deep, you're in danger of rotting out the plant. Yes. And if you plant it up too high, you're in danger of drying out the plant. There is one exception to that, and that is tomatoes. Exactly. That was the next thing I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. I won't... No, no, you go for it. Okay, well, tomatoes, um, I learned recently, rather than put them straight down in the ground, you kind of bend them into an L shape. And you lay the, the how do you say, the bottom stem, mm-hmm. lay it horizontally so that there's much less sticking up than you would think. And that stem will make roots, new roots, and you will have the strongest tomato plant you ever had. The more roots mean the more moisture it takes up, the mm-hmm. healthier it is, mm-hmm. the more nutrients it brings into the plant too. The less likely it is to topple over, mm-hmm. you know, come yeah. August, September. It seems scary to do. The first time I did it, I was just petrified. Me too. But it worked. Yeah, it sure does. It did work. When you all when you plant you need to be careful, and make sure you tamp it down so that you get rid of any air pockets mm-hmm. in the planting. Because mm-hmm. that could be a common mistake too, is that people just put it in and then just put loosely put soil in there and and walk away. And you want to tamp down the roots. And depending upon the size of the plant, sometimes I even use my foot. Just gentle as I walk around it. What about um there are plants that I put a little bit of Epsom salt on the bottom, but Do you put water in the hole before you put the seedling in it? That's a really great question. If it's a seedling, I don't. And I water afterwards. Mm -hmm. In fact, I also think it's a good idea not to water the seedling before you take it out of the pot, though it kind of depends. Kind of feel it out. Mm -hmm. I've done this before where I've taken... I have watered heavily the little pot that I got mm-hmm. from the nursery with the little ceiling that I made, mm-hmm. and I watered it so much, and there wasn't enough root structure there to keep yep. all the soil on it yep. that the plant just popped right out of the soil. Exactly. I've and, had that happen too. And so yeah. I've learned to not water beforehand, though I do think there's there's probably no reason why you couldn't water the little hole that you just made. I always do, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's a good Especially if you put something on the bottom of it, like Epsom salt mm-hmm. or whatever. You don't, it just helps to get that into the soil quicker. Yeah. And then I water afterwards as well, depending on how oh, yes. dry and hot the yeah, day is. Yeah, water. Yeah, um, uh, yeah be, it, it's always good to do this in the morning or in the late afternoon too, when you're planting seeds and seedlings. Yep. It's good, better for you also, so you're it not out there in, all the, in yeah. all the hot... But noon rest. is probably the worst time. Between noon and three, probably not a good time mm-hmm. at all. Now, let's talk about planting winter-sown seedlings. Yes, please. So, folks, winter sowing is a method of outdoor seed sowing that you can start in January. Yep. And... Um, I've got about, uh, maybe about 20 or so milk jugs out in my backyard. Edith, you have three this year. Yep. This weekend I'm probably going to do maybe another 10, 20 more. I may do more now that I've seen that I have success with it. I'm so excited. They're so have fun. You, have you done tomatoes in them? Not yet. I'm going to think I'm going to do them this weekend. I think I am too. I'm going to think i try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they sprout, you get a, depending upon how heavily you sown, you'll get a mat of little seedlings. Um, I always I always over uh, sow when I winter sow, so you'll get a lot of little seedlings. Uh-huh. You now some people will want to thin those, want to put them in little pots. A lot of winter sowers don't do that. What we do instead is that we divide our thickest flats of seedlings into smaller hunks to make little plugs to plant. We don't thin our seedlings, instead we hunk them. It's called hunko seedlings. Mother Nature will call the weakest seedlings for you, and the your plants will grow into lush, healthy clumps. So what you do is you just pry off a hunk. Do it gently to minimize tearing roots. Even with broccoli, even with broccoli, cauliflower, stuff how, like that. How much did you sow? Well, I've got like six in each one. Yeah, you might be fine just to pull off a little chunk. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Because if you ahead. put, if you, if you plant all of those all at once. They'll be too close together, won't they? Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, so tear off a little hunk. Okay. It's best not to water it before you do this. Right, okay, good. Because good I've watered this before and everything just fell apart in my hand. Um, the hunk should be about an inch or so wide. So they're a nicely sized transplant plug. And here the hunks are planted in, you know, scattered spacing about 5 inches apart or however it would be for the plant mm-hmm. that you have. And so there'll be plenty of room for the plant to grow. One more question for you uh-huh. Christy. So, when I'm talking about in a in a little pot, so like for example I have, you know, um two tomatoes say, like last year I had two little tomatoes coming out of one little tiny pot. Uh-huh. If you pull them out, sometimes you disturb the other root because these pots yeah. are so small. Right. So I was told to just cut them at the soil line. Cut, cut the one you that don't want. That seems so smart. And that way you don't disturb the other one and the one will just quietly go to sleep forever. And folks, if you want to learn more about winter sewing, check out episode 25, take out your jugs and learn how to winter sew. It's not too late to do it. I'm doing it this weekend. Me Try too. It. It's so fun. Guess what time it is, Edith. What time is it? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring. This letter comes from Paula from Florence, Colorado. And this is our friend Paula, if you remember, who had the white pumpkin. Right, 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 right. Amazing Paula. Mm-hmm. Paula writes, greetings, gardening gals. That's us. Isn't that cute? Yes. I thought that was cute. Today, while listening to Upside Down Tulips, I was clearing a raised bed and hit a rock. Mm-hmm. Much to my happy surprise, and thinking of an earlier episode, I found a Leatherman multi-tool I had lost over three years ago. Oh my. So this is in reference to our fascination with things people find when they're gardening. Yeah. Because people have found a wedding ring or ancient pottery. I found a red marble today, for real. (laughs) I once found a dead cat. Oh, yeah. I found a skeleton of a dog. Oh, yeah. So Paula says, while not a wedding ring, this Leatherman multi-tool was a gift from my father who passed away 22 years ago. It has great sentimental value to me. Another great day in the garden to many warm growing days ahead, Paula. Oh, that's a nice letter. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's really beautiful. It just warms my heart to think that she got that back. Yeah. When you think you've lost something forever and it... It's there, and the garden just gives it to you. And I have lost tools in the garden before. Uh huh. I have probably three sets of uh, of pinchers. I have no idea where they are. Somewhere they'll they'll come up eventually. (laughs) They will. Oh, Paula, we're so glad you found it. Thank you so much. Hey, have you found something in your garden? Something really cool or something grotesque? Let us know write to us. Yeah, that's how. You you can write to us in many different ways, right? At upside down tulips <laughs> at gmail. That's oh. right, like an email. You could do that. Or at our website at upside down or click on the or click in the show notes. Right? That's right. Okay. You can find all that information down in the show notes. Write to us, please. I'd love to hear something inspiring, Christy. This is from David Stendel Rast, who's a Benedictine monk. Oh, a single crocus blossom ought to be enough to convince our heart that springtime, no matter how predictable, is somehow a gift, a grace. A gift of grace. Oh, that's so nice. Crocuses Thanks. are blooming. That they are blooming indeed. Thank you, Christy. And thank you, listeners, each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy montour Larson. Hey, if you got some laughs and value out of Upside Down Tulips this episode, would you do us a favor? Please go to your phone, clink on that share button, and (laughs) share the show on social or with a friend who might also appreciate it. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link on our website. Please join us next week for our tips and tricks on container gardening. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Upside Down to